Right, so basically we started a brand new series like Jimmy just said, and it's about all acquiring new covenant lenses in our lives. And we are going to look at these 17 chapters. These 17 chapters are really chosen because they are fundamental in our understanding of what the sacrifice of Jesus has done for us. Okay? So essentially, the cross marks the transition between the old and the new covenant. And there's a radical shift in the way we relate to God. And this is the topic I'm looking at today. Okay. So slide two, guys. Can I have it? Brilliant. So what is a covenant? Because sometimes we use word and we're thinking, oh, what does that mean? Really, covenant is another word for a formal agreement, a commitment. Often it's like a promise. Okay. The, the most known covenant that you know is marriage. Marriage is a form of covenant. Basically, you, there's two people who commit to each other with certain promises. Promise to be faithful, promise to honor each other, promise to look after each other, whatever happened in life. That's a covenant. You, you see what it is? A sort of agreement between two people that comes with promises. So Israel was living according to what we call the old covenant, an agreement between the people of Israel and God. But we as Christians, we are people of the new covenant. Okay, stay with me, but it will be very easy. Okay, I promise. Uh, but sometimes what happens is, obviously, we read the whole Bible. The whole Bible is very important. The Old Testament, the New Testament, we read it all. It's all important. But what happens is sometimes we mix the old and the new covenant in our thinking and in our application of the gospel. Sometimes, it happens to all of us, we misunderstand the Bible because we're mixing things a little bit. Sometimes we compromise and we let, as well, some righteous thinking creeping into the church about the application of the gospel. That's why Paul says to Galatians, you know, you started really well. You believe that salvation was by grace, but now, foolishly, you enslave yourself again by thinking that your righteousness depends on some rules. So what happened to the Galatians is, yeah, 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 they, they, they knew the gospel, they believed God, but suddenly they let the rules creeping back. So they enslaved themselves and they started to believe that the righteousness was because they were following those rules. So they were mixing the old and the new and they were not very clear. Let me give you some example of new covenant thinking in general, right? That are mind-blowing. For example, as people of God, we are called to live from the presence of God because God inhabits in us. We're not just hoping for a couple of visitations. Old covenant no, God in us, Emmanuel in us. Isn't it amazing? Second one, for example, it's just for example, it's not all of it. Um, we are called to live in abandoned freedom and inheriting the promise of God and inheriting all the blessings given, not just survive and make sure we are not sinning and we keep moral. Can you see the difference? Not just that, no more than that. That's the new covenant. Uh, the other thing is, we are called to love people. Hallelujah. Love people. Hallelujah. You know, uh, even our enemies.
enemies instead of judging, That's instead right. of actually in the Old Testament they were killing them. Right. So New Testament thinking. Let me give you some example in my own life that maybe are a little bit more subtle. Past example and present example, because let's let's be authentic. Okay. Uh, for example, um, okay, who has ever done that? I mean, if you relate, you could put your hand up. It's fine because we're all the same, right? Uh, you test of the grace of God, and one day you mess up, and you know you mess up, right? I don't know again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know you messed up. Your first instant is sometimes you run away because you're fearful of a punishment or fearful to not being good enough instead of running to God because the gospel says, confess your sin, he's faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you, 1 John 1, 9. So that means you have not quite understand that you're already righteous. Yes, you messed up, but you're still righteous. He sees you righteous. What you need is you come and repent and say, God, help me by your Holy Spirit to change. Right? So we do that. That's a mix of old and new covenant. Okay? Another one is, wow, I've got a bad habit. I know, I know, I know. I need to re get rid of this habit. But my first tendency is I'm going to hide this habit. I'm going to hide that sin because, oh la la, if only people knew why I'm in Feeling of unworthiness, feeling that you're going to be judged by other brothers and sisters. And basically, it, it prevents you to be authentic with your struggle. Instead of bringing everything to the light, rely on other people to help you, but trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You know? And then change and understanding there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But we want to walk with the Spirit and change by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. Right, another one as well. Sometimes this really odd feeling of inadequacy because for whatever reason I have not spent much time that I wanted with God. Who has this one? Because life is busy, right? Who has this one? Be honest! Oh, okay. Right, we all go through that. Instead of learning that, do you know what? I'm really sorry, Lord. I do want to spend more time with you. Yeah, not quite managed this week. But do you know what? I want to learn to live from the continuous presence of God in me. So I know that when I'm washing the dishes, His glorious presence is in my kitchen. Amen. Not just in the 10 minutes I open my Bible in the morning. Amen. I learned that when I'm driving the van at work, his glorious presence is in the van with me that anything is possible. I might meet someone and I will bring Christ to them because he is with me. Amen. This is much better. This is much better to just come and say, no, I'm not going to feel this sense of inadequacy. I am righteous with God. I have access to God. I'm going to benefit from that. And the last one, which is my, <laughs> I have to say my main struggle in life, really. Independency. Oh, how we love to know that we have it all sorted and we don't need God. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I can do that. I've got this. No problem. Instead of saying, God, come into my problem. Show me a better way. Show Amen. me a better way to sort it out. Amen. You know, I'm, I trust you that you're going to show me a, a solution that I even, even thought about. Amen. So those are, that's actually... That comes from Old Testament thinking. Mm -hmm. God is separate from us. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, so let's look a little bit about the difference between the old and the new covenants. But I hope this example made that alive to you. Can I have the next slide? Thank you. So don't be, don't be puzzled about the, all the words, okay? I, I'm a teacher after all, but if it's too much for you, just close your eyes. Okay. In the old covenant, what happened is the agreement between God and the people of Israel, so even and before they were called Israel, but uh, the, the agreement was, follow me, and I will bless you, and I will bless the next generation. In a nutshell, that's what was the agreement. Yeah. And he went through Noah, and then he went uh, to Abraham, the father of faith, really. And then he went to Moses, who Moses then, the law came. And then he went to David, all right? But this special man basically had received some sort of promises from God, and they led the people in this covenant. Now, from Moses, something changed, and we received what we call the Mosaic laws. So, you know, the Ten Commandments arrived through Moses, uh, and then other, other laws. And from, I would say that that's really, when we think about Old Covenant, that's what we're talking about, and pretty much the, the Moses, you know, follow the law and you will be blessed because follow God is follow his commandment. That's what the Old um, Covenant is about. You, you follow God, that means you follow his commandment. If you follow it well, you are blessed. If you are not following well, what happened? You are cursed. That's, that's how it was. Um, but the new covenant, completely different, okay? Because all the, the punishment has been, you know, given, uh, put on Jesus. And basically, the new agreement now is through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Our righteousness does not depend on following commandments. It depends on our standing with Jesus, whether we believe that he died for us. That's it. That's by faith, and that's by the grace of Jesus. And do you know what? This agreement is far, 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 far more superior and more glorious and more permanent than the old covenant. Let me just give you some snippet on a very important passage that you could read the whole thing if you want at home. But in Hebrews 7 and Hebrews 8, in Hebrews 7 verse 22, it says that Jesus is the guarantor of a better covenant. And then it goes on in Hebrews 8 and it says, there was something wrong with the old covenant. There was something wrong with it. And do you know what was wrong? It was not so much the law themselves. It was that people could not achieve perfection through the law. So it didn't work. That's what it means. It didn't work. People could not keep up with the rules. They could not be perfect and righteous through the law. Okay? So if you read the whole chapter in uh, Hebrew uh, 8 from verse 7, uh, it says, The days are coming, declare the Lord, when I make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. I will be, it won't be like the old covenant made with their ancestor. Okay? Because they couldn't be faithful to it. And he carries on. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel at that, after that time, declare the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and I will write them on their heart. Amen. I will be their God and they will be my people. No, this is really mind-blowing and listen to the next verse even more mind-blowing no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another know the Lord 
because they already know me. Amen. Okay? For I will forgive their weaknesses and I will remember their sins no more. Pooh, next verse, blow my mind away because we're often forgetting. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one, the old covenant, the word he used, obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Do you understand the word obsolete? It's a little bit tricky. I mean, if you not English or... I understand you because I'm an economist, okay? So give me an example of obsolete. You've got an iPhone, a very old iPhone, okay? And suddenly the ping comes from Apple and say, update is available to you, and you suddenly you press the update and you find out nothing works anymore. This phone is obsolete. <laughs> Literally, it's not that it was not bad, it's not that it's bad per se, but it just doesn't work for you. It's as good as you put it in a bin. That's what it means. Uh, the first one is obsolete, and what is obsolete is outdated, and will soon disappear. That's, I'm not saying that. That's in Hebrew 8 verse 13. Whoa. Okay. So let's push you a little bit on the table. You see, in the old covenant, was only for the people of Israel. The old thing was keep apart, protect the purity of the people, love God, protect the law. Enemy of God, are my enemy, chop. That's pretty much the old covenant. New covenant, you will learn in the New Testament, they say, now open to all the nation. The king has come. It's for the whole nation. The punishment has been put on Jesus. He has not come to judge the world. There will be a day of judgment, but he has not come to judge the world. He has come to reconcile the people to the Father. Completely new thing. So if you look at our relationship with God, okay, in the old covenant, it's literally follow the law, follow the law, follow the law. And you better, because otherwise there's consequences if you don't do. In the new covenant, the shift has happened. It's a radical transformation of the heart. Now you have a new heart. You have a new spirit. That means the law of God, the commandment of God. Guess what? It's internalized in you. It's in you. So if you surrender to God and the spirit you will find that you find an appetite for what is good and healthy. And you will be gradually transformed to the glory of Jesus Christ. Can you see the difference? Or between the old and the new? Now, it's quite important because in the Old Testament, guess what? Every time you messed up, you had to do a sacrifice. And actually, you couldn't even do the sacrifice yourself. You had to go and see the priest to do the sacrifice. Every single time. That's what the Mosaic law was about. In the new one, all you have to do is say, Jesus, thank you, you died for my sin. Thank you that once and for all, you died for my sin. I've received this new nature. I am righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Not what I do. Like Jimmy mentioned last week, you should ask the question, oh my gosh, that sounds too true to be true. Do you mean that whatever I do, I'm still righteous. Yes, that gospel is that good. But that's why in Roman you read, you say, but would you? What would you continue to sin? By all means, do not. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But your righteousness 
is through Jesus Christ. So, the access to God, instead of being temporary visitation, external, God is distant. Uh, you know, um, when I was young and I was not really that connected to God as a good father, I still had this vision of God being this old man with a beard somewhere in the cloud. Did you not have that? That's Old Testament. That must come from the Old Testament. This kind of like, he's God of Moses who are sometime coming down the mountain. You know, it is Old Testament. And you had this vision of, you know, in, in the Old Testament, it was literally few people who could have access to God. You know, they would go into the tabernacle in the holy and holy. Actually, apparently, story tells that they had a court around them because if they had messed up and they would be judged and die because God is so holy, they would pull out the priest. Did you ever heard that? They would pull out the court, you know, because the guy is literally dead in the holy holies. Well, good news. We are in the new covenant. And now God is in you, and you are called the temple of God. You are all a priest. You all have access by the Holy Spirit all time. All time. Isn't it incredible? That blows my mind. So, my next table, please. So, there's so many major shifts in our thinking that happen because of this. Okay? As new Christians, the way we relate to God is different. Our mission is different. Our values are very different than the Jewish people of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. First of all, shift in the mission. Before, the nations are only blessed through Israel. Now, the blessing is for all the nations for Jesus. We are preaching that the King has come. The blessing is about the kingdom has come. Amen. The kingdom has come. Good news, good news. Yeah? For all. Amen. There's a shift in values because before there was a fear of punishment mm -hmm. because, and judgment because you were falling short of the, of the law. You, you might be punished. There might be consequences. Okay? And actually, in the Old Testament, the motivation for changes is only because of the fear of, of the fear of the law and the fear of the repercussion of, of what God's going to do if I mess up. That's how you were motivated to change in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, wow, suddenly we have verses like, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. You, why? Because perfect love is Jesus. He's taken the punishment, so we don't have to have fear. There's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know the verses. Okay? So, again, we do not need to be fearful of consequences as punishment because it's removed. Now, <clears throat> actually, is there a commitment in the New Testament? I, I don't think there is, but at one point somebody question Jesus really hard say what is the and what was the answer what did Jesus say what is the uh, the commandment in the New Testament love so he say okay 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 there's one love God with all your heart mind and soul and then the other one is love your neighbor like yourself so what you are called to do is love 
you know? And you see, love is the motivation for changes. It's because you love God that you surrender and you say, Holy Spirit, work in, you know, work in my heart. Work in my heart. It's because you love God that some, some, suddenly you let the internal engine work. Amen. You let Holy Spirit work. Amen. Okay? You let him do the work and you learn to walk by the Spirit, by love. So we do follow, you know, we do follow good stuff, but by love, not by the fear of punishment. And we always believe that we are righteous from standing. Okay? So it's a huge shift in our relationship with God. Um, you know, instead of being distant, instead of having a limited knowledge, instead of believe that only God is in charge, instead of mediation for priests, we go into the New Testament where, of course, God is still holy and mighty, but somehow we have learned to know him as well as a good father, you know, and we can call him Abba, Father. We are his son and daughter. We have access to him. And the invitation for increasing revelation about who he is, is there. We can grow in revelation. We can know him better. And guess what? Yes, God is completely in charge, but there's an invitation to rule with him. It's totally different. Okay? Now, there's a shift as well in how we read the Bible. Because uh, in the Old Testament, people would, would have read the Torah and they would have read uh, the law to make sure they follow the, prescri the prescription of God. But the way we now read the Bible is completely different. We read to engage with God. We read to engage with Jesus. Because guess what? Who is the living word of God? Jesus is the word of God, John 13, all right? So you read that Jesus is the word of God. So when we read the Bible, which is still very, very important to learn about who God is and instruct us, we only read it to engage with God and Holy Spirit so we will know him better. Can you see those shifts? Okay, so when we are born from the Spirit of God, we live according to the new covenant, which is the best, the most glorious promises and the one that gives you uh, the closest relationship that man could ever have to, to God. How about that? It's available for you. It's available for you. So let me finish a little bit, and I think we can go next slide. There is this burning question. There is this burning question. Why would we not want to live according to the new covenant? In other words, why do we keep mixing this old and new covenant? It's an interesting question because sometimes it's not even like in purpose, which it seems that sometimes we, we fall back into it. I mean, and as well, it, it's quite sad because having the new covenant, I mean, who, like, who loves music here? I know Gary does. Yeah, you love music, right? Okay, so imagine your favorite band. <laughs> you got it in the mouth? Okay. So the new covenant is like having a, a VIP car, a backstage, a backstage pass, and being invited to sing with the band and do the tour. That's the new covenant. The old covenant would be, uh, um, you know, from time to time you can come to the concert and you sit at the top of the O2 there, like, you know, the one little speck. And you, you, know, you know what I mean? And you can't see anything. You just have to see the screen. 
that would be the old covenant. It's, it's, it's not bad, but it's not like knowing the band, living with the band, uh, participating with the band. So uh, here's the question. Why sometimes we just want to go back to the little speck in the corner there? <laughs> Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? You know, in the new covenant, you are free. You are free to do what you want. You are free to choose what you want. So, are you going to pursue God? That's your choice. And sometimes it's a little bit hard because the new covenant, it's about your heart. So, it implies that you give your whole heart. It's, it's about, okay, you know, I get saved by Jesus, but as well I give my whole heart. I let you the access to my heart because he's not going to force you. So, you're born again from the Spirit, he comes in your heart, but do you let him to work in your whole heart? Or do you keep little pockets and say, okay, God, you could do that, but not that. I give that for myself. Thank you. Oh, I want your blessing, but no, 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 that little corner there, that's for me. You know what I'm saying? You have the choice. You are free. But what are you going to do with your freedom? That's a question. That's a question. Um, sometimes I think it can be costly, a little bit more costly than to follow a couple of rules. Mm. Although it's not costly at the same time. I'm going to explain. It's not costly at the same time because you know Paul when he says, I cost, I cost all things for the knowledge of your surpassing glory. It's true. When you live with God, no cost is high. You know what I'm saying? So it's not costly, but it's costly in the sense that there is some decision to make. And, okay, let me give you an example. It's funny example. Um, okay. In the Old Testament, everybody knows the one of the commandment, which is, you shall not commit. You have, you have a special voice for the Old Testament. <laughs> you shall not commit adultery. We, know, we all know this one, yes? Yes. If you're a Christian and you still live in the Old Testament, and you take it like that, you say, you shall not come to it. And you will say, I'm, I'm okay, I'm not sleeping with anybody, but yeah, well, well, yeah, it's true that the other day I flicked the magazine and I washed porn and oh, yeah. But that's all right, it's, I've not slept with anybody. I can't the commandment. You get me? But actually, the New Testament, wow, Jesus is giving you so much better. So much better. He will say, hmm, do you know what? It's not about that, it's about your heart. It's about you loving your wife and your spouse so much that you completely fulfill in your marriage. And guess what? Anyway, if you look at a woman and say, oh, this one, she's very nice, and you have a couple of lust for, that's adultery. That's what Jesus said. Whoa, hold on. We've gone from don't sleep with anybody to your heart. Your heart. And, and but anyway, no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So if you do happen to, oh, you look at a person and say, ah, very nice person. Um, you just say, oh, what am I doing? Come to Jesus. But he's calling you to something good. 
he's calling you to walk by the Spirit so that you will pursue all the things good and healthy. It's not out of duty. It's not because you have to. It's because you trust that Father will give you the best life possible. Yeah? I have heard insane things from Christians. Really good Christians. I have heard things from young people who think that they can do everything they, under the sun with their boyfriend, girlfriend, as long as, I mean, sorry, I'm going to use the word, as long as there's no penetration, we're good. Is that the spirit? No. There is actually, you know, you will have an healthy marriage. Sex is good, but, you know, if you're there in the low, you're missing the point of the heart. And by the way, you can only do you only can do the heart if you surrender to God and His Spirit. He will do. He will help you. He will help you. You're not supposed to do go back. You're not supposed to go back to the old covenant and knock on and say, "I shall now make sure that my heart is good because it's about no." Because then what you're doing is you're doing the new covenant in a whole testament spirit. You get me? You get me? Uh, Jesus said, oh, you heard about murder, right? It's wrong. Now I'm telling you, if you're a little bit angry or you, you say things about your brother or use words about your brother, it's the same. Because he's after our heart. He's after us loving. Okay? Uh, so in the New Covenant, we have this opportunity to become more and more lacking to even to the degree of loving our enemies, I mean, I'm sorry, you can only do that by the Spirit of God. You can only do that by the Spirit of God, by a radical, you know. Another reason, I think, why sometimes we can't live according to the new covenant is that we sometimes have been taught wrongly. And sometimes we've taken in teaching to accommodate our views of the world. Who does that? So a lot of really good people read the Bible, but what they do is they have their own lens. They're reading the Bible through the, they, they're looking for, for affirmation of what they already believe. Okay? So for example, I would say in this world, um, you know, the uh, high value is you deserve what you get, you work hard for your success, those are the value by which we all have been brought up in. Would you agree? From school, through, through thing. You deserve what you get, and you need to work hard for your success. Right? So, then it's really easy to come to the Bible with that faltered lens and go, come on, I've got to work hard at this. Because that's what you've been taught. You've been taught to to work hard, to be disciplined. Um, and then the other one said, you've got to do better. How, how are you going to strive for your sanctification? <laughs> Rather than to say, I cannot do it, Holy Spirit, come. Do the work of sanctification. You have written the law in my heart. What I need to do is abide. Amen. Abide. You see the difference? as well. It was really funny when I, when I was preparing that. I say, actually, when we have a couple of rules and we do very well in our own, own effort, have you noticed
notice that we feel quite proud of ourselves. Because what it is, is we feel better than others. Yeah? So say, for example, that, well, I'm not lying. Lying, lying, never be part of my life. I am so good at that. But actually, what we're doing is we're like, hmm, I'm proud of, you know? Uh, so actually, sometimes, keeping the old covenant and the rules, there's a little bit of self-gratification in it. Say, oh, wow, I've done it. I've done it. I'm, I'm so good. You know? Until we cannot. Until we cannot. Until God goes and I say, um, excuse me, what about this? And then we fall apart. I say, oh, I'm, I'm unworthy. No. So, you know, I love in the, in the Old, uh, New Testament the, the story of the young ruler. Because this, he comes with, to Jesus and that's what he said. He said, but I've followed all the commandment. And he's so happy about that. He's so proud of himself. So, so Jesus turned around and said, um, uh, go and sell everything you possess and follow me. I, I don't think that Jesus was after his money. Jesus just went right in his heart and he pointed to the thing, the thing that he had kept. He wanted his heart. He wanted his heart. I love that. So we need to stop making pick and mix of the Bible. Okay, we're really good at that. We all do it. Pick and mix what I like, what I don't like. Okay, a little bit of old because it's convenient to me, a little bit of new because today I need to be feeling gracious and you know, merciful. And we try to accommodate our view and preference. Now, I think we are generally all pretty clear that the Leviticus rules are completely obsolete. Are you, are you clear? I mean, uh, who eats a little bit of bacon from time to time? Yeah? It's good, isn't it? So, we, yeah, we have no problem with that. Uh, do you eat uh, animal with fin and scales? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. We're good. We, we understand that. It's okay. We understand that we can have clothes with mixed fabrics as well, because, you know, in the Old Testament, we, we couldn't, but now we... So we find with those, they're pretty obvious, and we, we even find with doing few things on Sundays and Saturday, you know, we're not like, okay, this is a Sabbath, and now I'm not going to lift the finger. We've understood all of that, but sometimes we make, we make new rules for ourselves. So once, once I heard a Christian, born-again Christian, really full of the Spirit, said to me, actually, I only eat foods that are mentioned in the Bible. So she made that rule for herself, that she would only eat food that I mentioned in the Bible. And I'm thinking, I, 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 to be honest, that made me speechless. I'm thinking, oh, what do we do with that? I mean, that's, that's interesting because even Jesus said that, you know, no, not Jesus, it's John who wrote that letter on that. Not all the miracles of Jesus were recorded in the Bible, right? So we know there was more that was not in the, in the book, right? So that you just eat the food that is in the Bible, well, suit yourself, but you're missing out. I mean, so sometimes we're making new rules that are not, that not, okay? Um, and, and to justify our beliefs or to justify what is good, okay? Um, so for example, uh, some people would be really hard to say, this morning have you spent time with the Lord? Make sure that you go in your bedroom and close the door. And he has to be seated and he needs... Listen, this is very good if you do it. 
for love of God and you want to connect with him. It's excellent. But do you have to fully follow it as a rule? I, 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 no. no. Okay? So, but some people, some Christians will make that rule for themselves. And then they will feel unworthy. Okay? Um, guys, are you aware? You need to give 10% of your income to the church. This is the time. That's a delicate one. Because actually, if I'm really honest, I would like you to give 10%. But if I'm really honest, that is not in the New Testament. It's an Old Testament rule. So, you can get away with giving nothing. However, what happens when you don't give anything is you miss everything. Because the reason why we are called to give generously with a joyful heart is for our heart. It was about the heart. So that means when I give generously, I recognize that everything I have belongs to God, number one. Amen. I recognize that I need to trust him and depend Amen. on him. And when you refuse to give, what happens is you are not dealing with the issues of, of the heart. And very often what it is is you don't really trust God for your finance. And I would go further. If you have a financial problem, start to give. Amen. That's as simple because it's about your heart. But you mustn't give out of duty. If you are giving your 10% religiously by duty, Actually, you won't get any reward for that. Because that's not, that's not what God asks. He asks about your heart. Okay? Well, another really hard one, because I don't really know what to do with this one, if I'm really honest. Don't we want all our children to know, to know the commandments of the Lord and the Ten Commandments, and we want them to behave well? Amen. True? Amen. We do. And the Bible does say to instruct the child in all the things of God. But when we do that, we've got to unface the New Testament covenant. That means you know God. Know God and love him. Let it be in your heart so you don't feel that you have to perfect, to, to have to, you don't feel that you have to behave perfectly. But you ask Holy Spirit the help to behave well because in behaving well there's the promises of God to release to you a richer life. Can you see the difference? So um, we're not asking them to behave well to make moral children and you know because, because if we do that, what they will do is they will always be fearful of punishment. That's where they will be. And they will think God is distant. But we want, we want them to encounter God and know Him. And know that His commandments are good. That He will benefit them in their life. Okay? So could you see how it is tricky? So yes, the whole Bible is super important. But when we come to the Old Testament, right, we're going to have to understand that the narrative of the Old Testament is always in the context of Old Covenant. 
And yes, you can learn. You should learn for that because you will say things about God, things about the people, etc., etc. But you need to take that narrative and say, what does it mean now in the new covenant? Okay? Because, you know, I, I, otherwise, and you see it, some extreme conservative um, fascist Christian would go there and would say, okay, let, or, I mean, it would be the same than, you know, you still chop the harm. You know? You, no. Of course not. We understand it's not good for stealing. We understand there's a need of honoring people and loving people. Can you get me? Yeah. So we need to adapt this old and new narrative. Yeah. We can't pick and mix. It has to do with freedom. It has to do with bringing the love of Christ to the nation. A love that changes people within, not brings good morality. We want a love, a change within. Not just outwardly, but within. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to finish. Okay, I say, listen, you can do what you want. You can listen to what you want. You can watch what you want. You can eat what you want. But is everything that defines you in the love of Christ? Is everything in your life glorifying you? Amen. That's the question. And that's the hard question because sometimes people prefer to be told what to do. Okay? When actually when you told people what to do, you submit people to a form of slavery. That's what Galatians is saying. So for example, uh, I remember when I was young, this doesn't exist anymore, okay? Because maybe the, 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 the church has gone a little bit more connected to God. But he was like, oh, no, 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 don't listen to that band. And don't listen to that band. But this band, okay. Why? Because one person would listen to the band and it would be fine for them. But one person would listen to the band and, was, and actually would provoke despair. Yeah. So don't judge who does what. The question is, does it separate you from God? Or does it edify you? You get me? So we're not formulating new laws. But as it, we're not judging each other what we do, what we don't do, what we choose to do, okay? But what we could do is we could keep ourselves accountable and say, what are you doing, sister, brother? How is it for your heart? That's how we should be. We should judge. Mm. But how is it for your heart is the question. Beautiful. And Beautiful. it's fundamental that we're starting to live in this way of freedom because how can we rule with Christ? Mm. If we do not learn to walk by the Spirit. Walking is putting a step in front, another one, not just being pricked by sick to move. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way we're going to rule with Christ if you learn to walk by the Spirit. So I'm going to walk, I mean, it's really difficult to learn this. There's so much, but let's just close our eyes. He said, thank you, Jesus. We're going to be thankful. Thank you, Jesus, that you have written the law in our hearts, that you've changed us forever. Thank you that we do not have to strive for change, but sanctification comes from abiding to you, Holy Spirit. We say we want the things that are good. We want the good things from you, Jesus. But help us to make good choices. 
prompt in your spirit in our spirit what needs to change. Let us repent when we've got areas that are not glorifying God. Let's come joyfully and in communion with you, Lord, in everything we do, Jesus. So I'm just going to pray for Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, come. We need you. We need you. Holy Spirit, come. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you. I'm just not going to tell you what to think. Just, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. If it's about an old way of thinking or a wrong way of thinking, just bring it to Him. If it's about an old habit that has lost you, bring it to Him. If you need to repent, repent. It's fine. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are so good. So good. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. you Jesus that you are good that your grace about you grace about Hallelujah. thank you Jesus that you made us righteous and there's nothing we can do to be more righteous Amen. there's nothing we can do to be more righteous there's nothing we can do for you to love us more nothing <laughs> we love you we glorify your name we glorify your name Amen. Amen.